So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. My next guest is the award-winning creator of the landmark Showtime Network uh, hit Soul Food, the series, uh, television's first long-running drama featuring African-Americans. Two of the most recent credits include co-executive producer of one of my favorite TV shows on, on Netflix, Marvel's The Punisher. That's a violent show. I'm telling you something. That's a violent <laughs> show. She knows. She knows. She knows. Co-creator and executive producer of The Quad that was on BET. She came into town, and we, uh, we went out and hung out. I get to hear her speak, speak over at Emory in regards to the quad. Uh, she's currently consulting producer on Empire. That's on Fox. And there's an overall development deal, which means I can, you know, she can take me out to dinner. She can take me out to dinner now. <laughs> Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Felicia D. Henderson. <laughs> you are truly a fool, my brother. <laughs> well, well, first of all, first of all, uh, you know, it, you know, to be this place in my life, to be interviewing a family member that is uh, yes. that has been so important to my life, personally, professionally, um, you know, we cried together, we laughed together, we shared our success stories, and we've shared our frustrations in this business over the years. Um, yes, yes. Uh, Felicia D. Henderson, uh, you're a Georgia grad, right? University of Georgia, right? University of Georgia, UCLA undergrad, UCLA MFA, PhD, but University of Georgia Bulldogs MBA, my brother. See, that's what I'm saying. See, see you can forget all that UCLA <laughs> talk. You in, you, in, you in Atlanta, Georgia, they don't give a who about UCLA. Look, just get to the point. I'm a bulldog. <laughs> That's right. Bulldog. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Delta Sigma Theta. I got to go frat on her and all That's that stuff. Right. That's right. She's Don't like, ever forget Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? That, that's, how, that's the people. This is the person who branded me in the industry. With, uh, I would just tell you a little background before we get started this interview and this, discuss this incredible career that will not be uh, two breaks is not enough, but. You know, here's Rashawn McDonald. You know, I'm, I'm a know-it-all, and she knows that. Okay, I'm a know-it-all. Yes. And uh, oh, yes. I come over to Sister Sister. You know, she's supervising yes. producer on Sister Sister. That's Tia, the show yes. star, Tia and Tamara Maury. And, uh, and I'm the type of person, you know, think I can write. I'm, I'm your boy, sitcom writer. I'm a sitcom writing phenomenon. Ooh, that. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Until I got to her. Okay, <laughs> boy, she threw so many scripts back into me. Said Rashawn, she actually told me one day, Rashawn, you can't write, and she actually told me, I don't think you're gonna make it in this business. I don't, think mm. you, I don't think this is for you. I don't think this is for mm. you because, because the thing about it is that what you have, to, one thing you learn when you come up against somebody who's talented, 
You know, it's like we just like anything. You think you can play basketball? Go play Michael Jordan. You think you can go That's play right. basketball? Go play LeBron James. You think you can write? Right. Sit in a room with Felicia Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good company. But the thing is, it's not sometimes people really can't write, but then there's sometimes people just need a little direction. And if they, you know, and then especially once you care about them and get invested in them, and you and I were thick as thieves mm-hmm. from day one. Mm-hmm. So it's like this guy clearly is funnier than anyone in the room. He right. clearly has a work ethic that's ridiculous. He clearly knows what commitment is because he flies home every single weekend to see his family <laughs> in freaking Houston. So this is a guy that I, I want in my life, and I know that I can learn from just mm-hmm. from trying to get deeper get him to go deeper i will learn more from the process because we he is talented we just have different talent bases if you will that's true and the, the thing about it was that and i, and I, I gotta give her i gotta give her a love because of the fact that we were different you know because in the end you look at our, our change lanes you know that i was just a guy mm-hmm. that just saw things from a different perspective i was always a natural producer a manager of time she was yeah. always a, a a creator i when she was getting deals and writing and she was doing a different show i just sit over going how's she doing that how's she doing that? but see <laughs> what you have to learn was that wasn't my lane that wasn't my lane mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and she, when she went to ucla and she was getting all this okay you working girl why, why you go over ucla you getting jobs why are you going back to school yes it was mad it was mad Rashad, i gotta go back to school hey 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 Rashad wasn't even thinking about going to school i'm right about it no you're not the only one who was like, wait, so you're already a successful sitcom writer, and now you're going back to school. You're going to go do what those people want. Those people you're going to be in class with want to do what you're already doing. But I've always been a person who needs knowledge. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I knew what I did naturally. I never had a writing class. It was just a gift God decided I should have. But, that, um, but it was uncomfortable because I'm like, but why? Why, why does this work? How come? I don't know. I want to... And so I needed to go back and get that uh, MFA in, in screenwriting. And then, sure enough, as I sat in those classes, I'm like, oh, I already do that. Oh, that's called this. Oh, it works <laughs> because... And then also, you know, why it doesn't work, when it doesn't work. It's all knowledge that just, I feel, made me a better writer. And, the, and because you got into business, you was an executive, right, with NBC, correct? Yeah, that yeah. was my first job when I, I came out of... Uh, Georgia and got a job in basically the NBC management training program. I was called a, a, a broadcast associate. Mm-hmm. And it just meant that I rotated through all the different departments and really learned how a network worked, everything from the creative departments to the business departments, and really understood. And, and it hasn't changed. So to this day, you know, I, I know stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. Oh, part yeah. of the business works. And um, that's where I started. And believe it or not, the first place I ever read a script was when I was an executive at um, at NBC. So that wasn't so being a writer wasn't even your aspirations. It was just what was your aspirations? No. What was your aspirations I, then? Well, at that time, I thought I was going to be the president of NBC. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought, and that was actually closer to your lane. Once we met, Absolutely. I was like, "You're probably going to be the president of a network one day." Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. used to talk about it mm-hmm. all the time, but that's what I thought. But my supervisor at the time, who was head of all like current programs at NBC, just and just said, "You know, you give such thoughtful notes on these scripts, and you don't mind saying when something doesn't make sense to you, and you don't mind praising the ones that are good, and you also have the kind of confidence in a room that." you don't feel the need to say something just 
so that people know you're there. Because I often would sit quietly because I felt like, well, that showrunner has to know this doesn't work. Like, they're paid to know this. So surely if I see it, they see it. I don't need to speak just because my mouth works. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right, So I would sometimes, and the showrunners really appreciated that. So I would Mm -hmm. give them the chance to make their own corrections. And then as we went through the week and you see revised scripts, you know, and if, if you kept seeing the same mistakes, then you could say, you know, hey, could you take a look at this as opposed to this doesn't work? You know, just I just knew how to talk to them. And he was the one who told me that my supervisor at the time, Ted Frank, said, you know, there's this program called the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop, and it's a TV like boot camp, TV writing boot camp. And I really think you could write. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, you should apply. Of course, I get the application. You need a script to apply something I've never, I was like, oh God, well, how does that work? I've never written, and that's what I did. The first script I ever wrote was a Roseanne script, believe it or not. Back in the day, that was my favorite show on television, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's what I wrote. And I wrote a spec Roseanne script, and I got into the Warner Brothers program, and I've been writing ever since. That's like 23 years ago. Here's the funny part about it. She hates taking notes from networks. <laughs> boy, boy, a network person coming there with a note. Boy, Felicia looking at me. Really? Really? You got something to tell me? Me? Oh, look, because I remember what kind of executive I was. I was like, you think I'm not going to see that doesn't work? Like, mm. you know, once you hear it at the table reading, you hear all your wonderful actors read it, you'll know if that's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, again, they just have to say something because well aren't i being paid to say something but you're also being paid to just be quiet when necessary i'm better now by the rashad <laughs> by, by the way Rashad, i'm better now i smile I got, more now i, I, I gotta go, thank be the you writer's now gotta, when they give me notes i'm better okay that's awesome here's the thing about it because uh, when i'm talking i don't have a note in front of me i don't have any questions in front of me because of the fact that i'm talking with history i'm talking with somebody who has lived a life she's she's the truth she's the truth the game has changed so much, Felicia. You know because because yes. you guys are really stars now. I mean, you know, you know, that, I have to say that because you're getting deals and the the content that you have has value. And the, from an African American standpoint, at one time, reality shows told the African American point of view on television. Yeah, made us all mad. I remember when I was doing the yes. Neighborhood Awards, all my guests, uh, presenters had to be from reality shows. You know, we had uh, no sitcoms, we yeah. had no dramas. Where where are we at right now? Where are we at right now? Yeah, you know it's you're right, and um, you know I I I love uh, reality shows from the point of view that my brother is an editor on one of them, and so when he works and is in a union job, that means he's not in my pocket. So <laughs> I love him for that point of view. But you know, I was like, I sad to see them taking over TV and. You know, see, writing, um, you know, comedy and drama writing, like particularly as comedy writing or comedy shows started to disappear from network television. And, you know, couldn't all my friends who were comedy writers, as I grew up in comedy, you know, couldn't get arrested. That was painful to watch. Mm -hmm. And so then to have made the transition to drama and all my comedy friends saying, how did you know that it was time to move on? How did you just know that it was about to be? And I didn't know. I mm-hmm. just was blessed. I got out at the right time, went back to school, and came out a drama writer. And it just, timing was just everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And But I still remember, Rashawn, like, you know, um, Soul Food went off the air in, like, 2004. So, like, 14 years ago, and after I came off of that, 
you know, hit drama, the first drama to black drama to feature black folks that was a success. There have been others before it, but in terms of a success and, you know, five seasons. And I thought, oh, my God, it's all finally changed. And I went out in 2005. Hey We're going to hold, hold that thought, seven. Felicia. We're mm-hmm. going to be back in one minute because you're talking great news. On the phone is a visionary. She uh, created Landmark Soul Food Series. A long first running uh, drama featuring African Americans. Uh, she's currently involved with The Punisher, who that's one of my favorites. That show's so violent, it's, it's ridiculous. But, <laughs> but up there, right there, just up, I'm there, I'm there. And the, so that's the third season you've just completed shooting, right? Felicia Henderson. No, Felicia we just Henderson. completed the second season of The Punisher. And quit saying that show's so violent. It's better we put it there than, you know, I go out in my real life and start shooting up folks. Well, here's the deal. So, here's the, um, she does have a character. She carries a gun now. Don't, don't get me wrong. Now, just, just you're telling the truth now. Now, here's the deal. Is that, you know what confuses me? Because of the fact that, you know, it started on Daredevil. And they built this character mm-hmm. out of that. And I'm getting the impression that that was one. Daredevil was another very popular ser- series on Netflix. Yes. From the Marvel series. Yes. They built this character out of that. And I just finished watching the first season. That's why I'm just acting like it really is the second season. That's, you shot in New York, correct? This this past uh, that's summer. That's correct. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, and the, uh, Yep. That's right. So we shoot in winter and, and basically winter and spring and summer. Um, so sometimes it's quite cold, but yeah, we shoot mostly in, um, you know, Brooklyn, sometimes in Manhattan. Um, but yeah, but shoot the show in New York. The writers are in, are based in LA in the right. Marvel offices here. Yeah. Well, you know, you, the first time I wanted just so much, I'm gonna tell you something. First of all, I realized how big you are when I'm going like, I don't have enough time, I don't have time. but I'm gonna get another, <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze, I'm gonna do a squeeze job. Now, okay, okay. Here's, the, here's the part that really got to me when she started doing animation now. See, see that 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 wasn't the black folks' world. Like, now she over there doing animation. Now, how did you get into animation? No, so okay, so this is what happened in the comic books, right? <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah, but this is the thing people don't know because who walks around saying, "Well, when I was a little girl, I was a sickly little asthmatic who couldn't go outside." Mm-hmm. So that's when I started reading comic books. So I've loved comic books my whole life. Like I was obsessed and still is with Batman. Like Batman was everything. Cause that was, he was my, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And so truly just starting to meet, you know, you meet more people as you do different kinds of shows. And I was, um, coming off of gossip girl and, and on fringe when, um, I was first approached by DC comics and, Hey, we got this comic book that's about teens, but it's still, sci-fi and you just came off of a teen show and now you're doing sci-fi how would you like to write teen titans and for me i was like that's an entry you know i, I want to I, like why not you know it's the thing i loved as a kid so i knew i couldn't do it full time because it doesn't pay enough money <laughs> but i knew that it would really you know i knew that it would fulfill me creatively so mm-hmm. i loved it i hope to go back to it you know i i really do i just got so busy but I really hope to go back to and even create my own comic books. I'm looking for a comic book right now to a, adapt into a TV show, you know, under my new Fox deal. That's one of my goals, and especially coming off of The Punisher. I'm like, yep, I love this, you know. It's, a, it's <laughs> one that's really adapted well. She just threw out about 15,000 all moments, you know. You know, Gossip Girl. <laughs> I went, I came off of Gossip Girl and Teen Titans. <laughs> she went, Titans just was in the movie theaters, okay? Teen Titans just in the movie theaters. It's in the movie theaters right now. You know, Teen Titans, they weren't paying that enough money. Because, you know, because you were getting checked this way. Poor Rashawn no, out there. I'm just, all Rashawn was doing was just managing Steve Harvey. That's all I was doing. But you out there blowing up. 
and doing it well, might we add. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the beauty of, uh, of, of this, this is what I love about you is that people always tell me, Rashad, you have reinvented yourself. So yeah. many times, they, and, I, and yeah. sometimes I just do it automatically, and I don't like I'm reinventing myself right now, hosting money making yeah, conversations. Yeah, you just know, right? It's and, like, oh, it's it's time to, it's it's time for something new, and you can't be afraid of change. That's what you and I know. The people say, "What is your secret?" I'm like, you can't be afraid of change, or you can be afraid, but you must act despite your fear. See, she didn't you even can mention. always have a feel, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh God, this is probably time for a change and you'll just sit and wait past the moment that you should have made a change this, this is this is why they used to always laugh at me they used to always laugh at me because i would be in a, i'm writing I'm, i can write okay i can write but uh yes. but but uh, but i always had something else going on <laughs> yes oh you always had the side hustle you always have the side hustle yes <laughs> you know i come back from lunch late <laughs> yeah like where you been Oh, oh, don't make, you better be happy Sarah Penny Johnson isn't on this call to talk about the time you came back late from lunch at the Parkers. Was at meetings, y'all, at meetings to go create something else and said he was at the bank and the bank got held up and so that's why he came back late. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I was so late. I was so late teller. coming back to the park and I starred Monique at the time and Dorian Wilson and, um, and I was like four hours late. I was four. And, 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 and we was deadline too. And they said, Sarah said, where you been? I said, oh, in my mind, I, go, I can't say I've been at a meeting. Because she gave me this opportunity. Uh, bank right. robbery. Bank. I was at a bank and uh, bank got robbed. And uh, they got said, robbed. She said, I said, it said, bank got robbed. Where's where? I said, Beverly Hills. I went in there and the guy said, everybody down. And um, we got down. <laughs> you come back to work all calmly with this story. And that's a testament to how much Sarah loves you because she went, okay, and immediately called me like, let me tell you about the live shot just told me. <laughs> <laughs> Even today, she asked me about that bank robber story, Sean. The bank robber story, though? And let's, let's explain. Sarah Fendi Johnson, creator of Moesha, creator of the Parkers, an incredible writer, uh, amazing Family Matters. Uh, that's where yes. you met Sarah on Family Matters, correct? I met Sarah on Family Matters. I met Sarah and, and Vita Spears, who were they were writing partners at the time. But Sarah mentored me my whole comedy career, and even when I transitioned to drama, you know, um, she continued to mentor me because she's the normal one. And I'm the hothead, so she's always been able to talk me off the ledge. And when I got the opportunity, because she always wanted to transition to drama, so mm-hmm. when I did a single ladies for BET, I, I, I called her and was like, hey, you ready to do drama? And it mm-hmm. was such a pleasure. You know, when you can work with your friends, Rashawn, as you know, there is no more joy than working with your friends. And so we did that together, and then she did the quad with me as well. She's mm-hmm. doing another show um, another drama right now at, at BT. So she um, she's a drama writer now. But uh, without that woman, I don't know where I'll be because uh, she really taught me calm your ass down. Well, let me just tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, Mar Brocker Kill. Okay. Yes. That, yes. Kenya Burroughs. Come on now. Felicia yes. Henderson. Okay. Yes. Felicia yes. D. Henderson. Yes. Excuse me, D. Henderson. Yeah. Uh, don't ever get don't get it twisted. Rashawn McDonald. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, yes. that young lady. Has has really uh, uh, made an impact because she she cares so much about 
everything. But the thing about it, when I talked to Felicia, like she she don't want she she just slid right past J.J. Abrams though. You know, just slid right past. Yeah. That moment, you know that moment yeah. of, of, of working on Fox. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All the networks. So when you when you look at your resume and your body of work, you know, and and like I said. A reason I have you on the show because you are because you know people are so aware. Social media has made so many people aware, and black people watch TV anyway. So, has your role of a, of a spokesperson mm. changed? Because you used to just write your show and you executive producer, yeah. you created. But now people know so much about you. Like if I just Google your name, picture of you pops up. You know, yes. little side information. No, it, yes, it's different, isn't it? And you know, I just came back. I I did a panel at Comic Con and several interviews down at Comic-Con in San Diego, you know, for the Punisher. But it's it's so interesting now. Everything is so different. And every interview I did, and even as I started the panel, they said first, okay, let everyone know your handles. Like, that's where they start. Like, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, which, by the <laughs> way, is follow Felicia D. Follow Felicia D. <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm trying to learn, Rashad. And so I'm such a private person. And as yes. you know, I'm better one-on-one. I'm not a big party person. I, mm-hmm. I, I like to look at people, you know, one-on-one in, in your eyes. That's when I'm happiest. But it has changed. And they're like, okay, you have to get out there. You know, I go, but I'm a writer. My writing will speak for itself. They're like, no, everybody knows what a showrunner is now. You can't just hide behind the work. So it's like you become more of a public figure and people do know like stuff about you. You're like, where did you even know that? Well, you know, that <laughs> interview you did at, it was, it, it was recorded and put up on YouTube. I'm like, really? Yes. Because yes. I'm also a very frank person and mm-hmm. I'm used to being very frank and being very honest. And, and you have a moment now where you're like, okay, I have to edit myself That's a true. bit because I don't, you know, know where this is going to air or where this is going to be seen. And, and as you also know, you, is that I'm also a professor at the Uni- University of Texas, Austin. So I'm also a Longhorn now. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm like, I get there. This is only my second year there. I get there and they're like, hey, so you did this, this. I'm like, whoa, we just met. But you haven't just met because they Googled uh, you. Everybody in the studio, they're just shaking their head now. They just, we just can't believe her. <laughs> they, they, they all just, they don't, they don't know what raised me in this business. Now, you know, when I'm sitting down, yes, and, now you know why I had to tell people I was in a bank robbery when I came back. <laughs> they would not have believed anything else. The funny part I about the bank robbery, you just still trying to justify the I, bank robbery. I, I have that to justify that. Lie. And, and guess what? Everybody looked at me. They looked at me because see. I was such a good story. I'm a good storyteller anyway. And I told yes. them, and they, I said, they said, when the guy said, everybody down, I got down. I was down. <laughs> <laughs> what, what For you, four hours. Four hours. I was down. I was down. I said, I'm happy I'm here. I, and I was rubbing my shirt like, you know, like it was wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> and I never had a wrinkled shirt on in your life. You would have been in the middle of a bank you would have asked for an iron. Felicia, this has been my best interview ever. Can you come back when Empire starts uh, taping in the fall? Can you come back on the show? Absolutely. It would yeah. be my pleasure. It's a pleasure to be part of that as well. And I would like to, you know, you and me, we, we do what we do to be where we have to be at all times. So you call and I come running. I love you. But this time I'm going to bring you and Sarah together. Both of y'all got to be on the phone at the same time. I love oh, you. Okay. So now you really want foolishness. Okay. <laughs> Keep winning everybody. That's Felicia so D. Henderson. The Empire. 
Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.